Hello and welcome everyone to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is March uh, 15, 16th, 17th, Wednesday, right? Is that right? Yeah. Can confirm. So. Wednesday is the 17th. Today, of course. <laughs> today, yeah. I, why do I not know what today is? <laughs> <laughs> my name is Chris. I am one of your hosts and I'm joined by my co-host and younger brother, Daniel. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, <laughs> to the Reader okay. Copy Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, uh, we have a great show for you today. Um, we were talking about, and if you tuned in on the last episode for the recap show, mm-hmm. uh, we we're talking about daylight savings time and how that screwed us up. It's messing me up. Huh? It's like an hour off is throwing off my whole day. I didn't even know until like almost the day was over that it was daylight savings. Yeah. It bothers <laughs> me. Like I'm peeved. This I an hour of daylight should not throw me off this much. I didn't even know until I got in my car and the clock was wrong. Exactly. <laughs> you know, nobody sent me an email about this that I'm okay with it. No one confirmed with me. What I understand is not everyone does it. Like, there's states that don't do it. Really? Yeah. So, if they're in a different time zone, they're even more, like, separated from you in, as far as, like, time. I hate that then. So, can <laughs> just, like, if you're on a plane at some point, can you really cheat the system, get an extra hour of life, or do you lose one? How does that work? I mean, when... If you're talking outside of Earth, you're not even measuring in time anymore, right? Right, right. Thanks, Albert Einstein. <laughs> what is that? I still don't understand that. It's like, if you leave Earth so fast and come back that you'd be younger or something like that? Or it's like you, two twin, twins, yeah. one stayed on Earth and one left, and one, they came back, they'd be different ages? Very minuscule amount, but yes, because you're going so close to the speed of light that just relatively, because you're going that fast somehow, the math works out, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> okay. I don't know about that. Right. Uh, okay. Maybe yeah, the time stone. I don't know. Watch Interstellar again, and then it'll make sense. The answer is love. <laughs> oh, don't get me started with that movie. All right. Um, if you're new to the show, thank you for tuning in. I think we do have a lot of new listeners. So, Daniel, why don't you explain to them what a reader copy is? Oh, okay. We haven't done that in a while. A reader copy is maybe a copy of a comic book that's pretty beat up, you know. It's not going to sell a lot on the market but you know it's got the story got some great art still in there maybe a few folds in the paper but it's a reader copy where you can enjoy right read through it get the full story and that's what we are we're not worth a lot but we're here for the story you know yeah we're not the kind of podcast you seal up and get graded no not at all but it's of high personal value hopefully (laughs) yeah if you graded us we'd be like a four or five maybe yellow pages (laughs) yellow pages there's a crooked spine definitely Spine roll. Come on. It's falling off the seams. We're losing a stable here. Come on, guys. No, yeah. Uh, unverified signatures on top, too. So, not worth much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, why don't we get into the news? There's not a whole lot of news this week, but something I do want to talk about is DC's announcement of a couple of comic books that are coming out later this year. And the big one I want to talk about is called DC Pride, which is an anthology book that is about and created by LGBTQIA+ creators cool all righty so it's coming out in june just in time for pride month uh, it's an 80 page anthology book featuring um queer characters right yeah it's very cool um it's about time these characters got more spotlight um there's nine different stories in this book uh do you want to highlight the the titles sure so we got a bat woman that is Kate Kane, we got Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, Midnighter, Flash of Earth 11, Jess Chambers, Green Lantern, the Alan Scott version, Aqualad, Dreamer, Renee Montoya, and uh, Pied Piper. Yeah. Um, a lot of these characters I knew, and I, I knew that they were uh, queer, but I didn't know all of them. Oh, yeah. I don't know much of these characters either. I don't really know um, Flash of Earth 11, you know? Yeah. This That's is kind of a cool look character. to her. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Aqualad and Dreamer. I don't know these characters. I knew like Batwoman, Midnighter, and Renee Montoya, but like the other ones I was surprised I didn't know about. And now I, I want to read about these stories. Yeah. Also on the, um, you can look it up online, look for the uh, cover photo for DC Pride anthology, but I, I kind of forgot that Renee Montoya kind of took up the the shadow, the, what's their name? The what's question. The question. The question's, uh, 
about like persona right kind of a cool right look. yeah yeah uh so they're all created by lgbt creators um so i'm eager to see like how they kind of put their personal i don't know experiences into these stories so i'm all about it yeah I'm picking you know, up this book as soon as it comes out representation is important and i think that's going to be do a good for the community here right you know bring mm-hmm. in a fan base that needs to see themselves represented in in the comics i think that's important yeah for a company like dc that says they're just kind of like slowing down and cutting back their comic book yeah um output i think it's good more even more important that this is one of the ones that they are making and um looking at the cover that was uh released the artwork on the cover is by jim lee and it looks dope <laughs> yeah i know you're a huge jim lee fan ever since like what the 90s that was your thing yeah yeah i like the stuff too you know it's it's a uh, kind of more of a bro dan cool action hero but it fits with this kind of look too yeah so i'm eager to read these stories uh, learn more about these other characters that i don't know about but yeah it's kind of come out in june so definitely check out your local comic book shop and ask for dc pride yeah if uh, that's your your vibe look into that um i think i'll pick it up see see if it's anything that i can connect with yeah uh so dc is definitely doing their thing um another thing that you're doing though is maybe a little bit of a the greedy side of the industry maybe is um there's this new thing out uh called nft this is non-fungible tokens which is like so anyway it's like digital artwork right let's say you have a digital piece of art okay and say that you somehow apply a non-fungible token to it and non-fungible means like it's not tangible it's not you can't put in your hands it's digital right oh okay i'm seeing it the word spelled out now non-fungible i thought it was non-fungible it was like that's not that professional of a name non-fungible <laughs> no it's very fungible but it's non-fungible okay okay and that means like you can't make like it's not i don't know how to explain it you can't make a duplicate of it because right. it doesn't have the nft the token the one that has a token is like the original and when you have that token assigned to the artwork and you get that artwork it's like you have the original you have the original mona lisa you have the original oh. whatever it's uh, like a built-in digital verification right like a right a, not exactly a grading but just like a certification that this is exactly. the first and one original yeah okay. you you could, might be able to copy it but if you don't have that nft you don't have the original and if you don't have the original who cares right <laughs> <laughs> yes and this is a way for artists to sell digital pieces of art to collectors for actual like value because they only want to buy the NFT ones, right? Uh, and I NFT is like, and the way they're buying it is through crypto, cryptocurrency. Um, and it's not really Bitcoin. What's the second most popular one? Ethereum. Ethereum is that yeah Yeah. I think they're mainly paying for it with that Ethereum right okay Um, so Ethereum uh, is what they're using to pay for that and the value of that is skyrocketing right and now DC is going after I don't say going after but they're talking to their artists who are selling their artwork online like um, this one former DC comic book artist Jose Delgo sold some of his like artwork for one point eight five million dollars and this is like digital stuff not any prints nothing on a canvas it's something you can just email to somebody it's digital artwork now the problem here is though is that artwork contained images of ip that dc owns like wonder woman right okay so it's like well can you do that can you can you sell artwork of something of a character that you personally don't own and make money off of that because it's one thing to sell it at a con and sell like a print and get 15 bucks it's another thing to sell an nft and get 1.85 million dollars it's kind of crazy right and what's the value here is it the artwork or is it that little piece of metadata that nft is attached to it right and then are you just trading these things online like it's the stock market or you know like it's a big question of like what where's the money really being held right so dc is now telling their artists like hey you can't do this you can't sell NFT artwork with our characters without giving us a cut. And I kind of, I honestly, I kind of get it. Like they're, people are buying these because they like the characters. And I, yeah, I don't know. Like how do cons do it? I don't know how artists at these booths sell prints of Marvel and DC characters. And I know that they're pocketing that money. Like DC and Marvel don't see that. And yet the official Marvel and DC booths are like right next to them and they don't care. It's this whole thing about whether that's promoting the culture 
and the fan fanaticism right. of it versus how much are they losing out on on not taking their cut, right? Right. So it's it's that it's actually past that border where not taking a cut and there's not a system where that big chunk. They want to see a piece of that pie. Yeah. So I guess in their minds, the small little prints that they sell at conventions, that's the price they pay for promotion. Free promotion pretty much, right? I mean, yeah. it's just them just trying to get a piece of it. And uh, this big of a thing, this it's like an art sale, right? Where if right. you're selling like actual canvas painting, I think you can't do like intellectual property unless it's some type of parody. And I don't think this is what this is, right? Legally. Uh, yeah, I don't think he, I think they're selling it as like his drawing of this character, not like a parody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like 1.85 million. That's something you might go to court for. Like you'd have to like establish it as something, if it is a parody or not. Yeah. And, but then the price is like fluctuating too, because you're paying with a currency whose currency is not stable. Like his value is not stable, right? Yeah. Crypto, it scares me a bit how it can like affect world economies. And I don't want to buy into it because I, I don't know if at any time it could just drop because of what it's built on. Right. I, I honestly know the bare minimum about it. Um, you being the resident millennial of the show. Okay. Could you explain what blockchain is? Because I don't even know what that means. Sure. So with Bitcoin, I think he originated it. The one guy that made it, that guy's kind of cloaked in shadow. We don't really know who that actual one guy is. But the way he built it is if you have some Bitcoin, um, your computer is kind of keeping a ledger, which is kind of like, you know, like an accountant has a ledger and it keeps track of how much everyone has, how much a Bitcoin is worth. And all of everyone's computer that has a Bitcoin is doing part of the work building this worldwide ledger, okay? And that's blockchain, the way that it's like kind of connected together. Because it's not blockchain and Bitcoin. Something could have blockchain but not be a cryptocurrency at all. It could be something else that's doing something else, kind of just the technology. Does that make sense? No. Perfect. <laughs> so blo blockchain is just a technology of sharing data throughout all these shared computers. Not exactly just data, but actually the effort, the computer, like the comp computational power needed to do something. And this something is just keeping track of this world currency, Bitcoin. And is this what mining is? So mining is, um, yeah, kind of like that effort where the mining is actually them getting some Bitcoin, right? But uh, mining is actually doing this hard math problem the computer is figuring out. That's why you need these expensive uh, CPUs to like actually do the math because it's hard math to do. So how long until the Terminators take over? Uh, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> They're Kevin. Well, yeah, this is a whole new world of fake money, which is what what is money anyway? Uh, our current U.S. dollar is all fake. It's just we say it's worth something because we all agree that it does. So yeah, well, does Bitcoin grow on trees? I don't think so. So <laughs> that's that's where you've, you've got them uh, pinned down. You know, there's no gold standard in Bitcoin. It doesn't work out that way. So I don't. I don't. I think it's gonna die out sometime. I I want to start drawing some stuff and trying to sell. If I sell for five whatever. Elysium dollars, whatever it's called, I'll take it. Yeah, what is this? NFTs, that's a whole new thing on top of this. Like, didn't you say there's something with the NBA, right? Yes. NBA has their own style of digital art that I think like a LeBron James dunk sold for like 250,000 or 250 million. I don't even know anymore. But the NBA has their hands on NFT now. So like once it's got has its grasp on the NBA and the NBA is outside of their bubble, it's spreading and we can't control it. It's Skynet has taken over. <laughs> I, I don't like it. I don't get it. You you guys do you and make your millions. I don't, I'll stay out of it. Who are these people that are paying yeah. millions for digital nothings, like gifts? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, Who's preventing someone from making this picture of their wallpaper? Is there like something there? Or? Yeah. I mean, anyone can do it, but do you have the NFT for it? Uh, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know, bud. <laughs> So DC is saying like, hey, if you're going to make millions, we want our share. Yes, please. So this might, I, in a way, this might slow down NFT and, you know, lessen the value of it. Because honestly, I think this is a fad and eventually it's going to die out. And if you didn't jump on board early, then sorry, GameStop. <laughs> uh, I think we're the ones losing out by not keeping our <laughs> diamond hands here. We're not, we're not picking up anything. I just if you guys it. want to buy some reader copy coins, let me know. <laughs> uh, I'll send you the NFT for the certificate. 
<laughs> just let us know. Yeah. DMs. Okay. Some RC coins. Uh, buy them now while they're hot. All right. That is it for the news. Um, guys, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. That way it will show up on your podcast feed, not just for this show, but also our Reader Copy Recap Show, where we're doing our first run of Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's right. We want to do a shameless plug here. Tune into our other podcasts on the feed, Reader Copy Recap, and Get, a, get an idea of our recap as we go week by week through the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. We already did WandaVision, and that was a fun romp, a good time. Um, so, yeah, let us know what you guys are thinking about the show on all our social medias. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Reader Copy Podcast. Thanks, guys. Cool. Let's jump into the comic book for this week. It is Injustice. The much-anticipated Snyder Cut of Justice League is coming out this week. Uh, I believe it comes out tomorrow, actually, on HBO Max. Um, So in lieu of that, I wanted to do a Justice League book, but not just any regular old Justice League book. Okay. I wanted to do something slightly different. And I heard a lot of good things about this book that we're doing today called Injustice, Gods Among Us. Cool. Okay. Now, what I know of this book is it's not really mainline comic books, right? No, it is an alternate reality of DC's Justice League, I guess. And it is a prequel to their popular video game, Injustice Gods Among Us. Uh, right. Of course, right. I played a bit of that game. Um, never got good, but it was fun with my time with it. Yeah, I played it too. It is by the same like developers that made the Mortal Kombat games. So yeah. It fights like that. Yeah, and I've had more fun with that just because I know these characters. It feels cool to be a Batman or Superman. Pretty fun. <laughs> um, we're doing the first volume of year one, which is one. Okay. the way they break up these stories is like multiple years and then there's multiple volumes within those years. So I want to say there's like two years with two volumes in each year, but I could be slightly wrong. There might be more than that. Right, because all we're doing today is not the whole story. It kind of is longer when you'd think than uh, for a yeah. comic book based on a video game, based on a comic book. <laughs> it is by writer Tom Taylor. Um, Tom Taylor is known for this book, but he's other he's done other DC comics like Deceased. Have you heard of that? That's kind of like DC's take on zombies. Oh, yeah. That's kind of a newer thing, right? I've heard some good things. Mm, yeah. He's also done work for Suicide Squad. And then over on Marvel, he's written for All New Wolverine, X-Men Red, and Superior Iron Man. Oh, really? Okay. Pretty cool. Like yeah. his titles. But he's not just a comic writer. He's actually done like um, screenwriting and even like novels and plays. And um, he's won a bunch of awards for those. Uh, he won a bunch of IGN awards. Oh, cool. All right. For Injustice Gods Among Us, mainly because it's like a digital series. So I think it was digital first before print. And it won like best digital series. Nice. Okay. First, like first, for first view in that market. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Um, he's won more. Uh, uh, awards um, for like Ledger um, and the Shadow Award for Best Graphic Novel. I don't know what the Shadow Awards are, okay. but he won Best Graphic Novel for Deceased. Okay, some notoriety there. Love it. Um, the artwork is done by Brian Busilato. Busilato? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Okay. Uh, but he's a professional comic book artist. Also drawn for both Marvel, DC, and Image Comics. Um, he's done work on Blackest Night, Batman, Superman, and uh, Detective Comics. So definitely well versed in like the DC characters. Gotcha. I know he's like taking in a taking like this style of the video game but I like how he's you know using it for that and you know give his own take on it yeah I was gonna say like yeah because this is a video game it's an alternate dimension from the mainline DC Justice League they look a little different do you like how these characters look I know what they're doing right it needs to feel a bit different and I like that because I don't love the characters in this like their <laughs> intentions and all their <laughs> actions so I'm glad it's a bit off right yeah like you can tell it's not how like Batman usually looks or how even even like the villains like Joker and Harley usually look in the comics. Yeah, yeah, you could totally tell. And uh, I'm okay with that because I don't want my uh, 
my DC creators doing this stuff. <laughs> um, like I said, we're doing volume one of year one, and it starts off with Superman and Lois, right? And yeah. remember, this is a prequel to the comics. So I guess it takes place five years prior to the start of the video game. Gotcha. Okay. Right. And it's Superman and Lois, they're in bed, and Superman wakes up in the middle of the night because with his super hearing, he hears not one, but two heartbeats coming from Lois. Ah, uh, okay. And this gives uh, Clark just all smiles. He's kind of thinking it through how he's going to take care of this super baby that's growing inside of Lois. Yeah, already he's like thinking about way too much stuff like, oh, well, I'll have to move away when we'll need my parents' help, all this stuff, right? Yeah. And Lois is like, just calm down, right? He, he just found out that she was pregnant. Just relax. Um, but boy, you know it, Lois got a phone call and she, of course she's a reporter. She needs to get on the job and there's something going on. She's got to get go talk to Jimmy. And she's going to go meet up, like you said, Jimmy at the docks. Um, Superman's too excited. Can't go to sleep. He's going to go meet up with someone he knows for sure is awake at the middle of the night, Batman. So he goes to Gotham, catches up with Batman, who's in the middle of like catching like these crooks in the in the alley and Superman's kind of just like waiting for Batman to finish handling these crooks like he's not even helping him yeah he's just on the sideline and Clark is just wanting uh, Bruce to be the godfather and Bruce doesn't even change his face he's just like stern but he knows he, he loves that yeah he's like yeah, I'm going to be a dad. Uh, at this point, Bruce is already a dad, kind of, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's the next day now, and Lois has not come home. Oh, so what? Superman goes to check out where she went, and she sees Jimmy, Jimmy the photographer, Jimmy Olsen. And he is dead. Yeah. We see uh, in a flashback that Joker was the one there at the docks, and he shot Jimmy with Lois nowhere to be found. So Superman rushes to Batman, and uh, he's like, Lois is missing. Joker has her. You need to help me find her. Like He's like full-on panic, right? Superman's never like this worried, and he's like full-on, like, I don't care. Like He's saying the name Lois out loud in front of strangers because there's no time to waste. Too urgent. And so Bruce, he gets on the um, the league's like intercom, right, and the, the communicator and tells everyone in the Justice League that we have to look for this one person, Lois Lane. Now, n- not everyone knows that Clark is Superman and Lois is his girl, but they're mm-hmm. like, why are we looking for this random lady? Yeah, and Batman's just like, don't worry about it. Consider her like a league member, like she's one of us. Find her, right? Yeah. And before he's even done with his intercom communication, Flash has already like searched all of Metropolis and met up with Batman in, in real life and like I can't find her like I looked everywhere <laughs> right? and apparently like there's a clue that someone has found over trace of like the Joker uh, in this lab so Flash the fastest way and he even says like I know this is awkward but the fastest way is to carry Batman <laughs> <laughs> he even says like I know you're gonna hate this but this is the only way he like picks up Batman and like runs and carries him to the, this lab and we see now that this is the lab of the Scarecrow, oh. but the Scarecrow is dead. He's got a Joker smile on his face, so we know whose handiwork this was. And um, Bruce is on the intercom again, talking to Wonder Woman, saying this is urgent. Wonder Woman has like used her lasso of truth around this docks uh, worker, and he says like, "Oh, um, the Joker has taken Lois, and they've stolen like a submarine, what? and they're in the ocean. That's why you can't find them, right? It's like a uh, a lead line submarine. Oh, makes so sense. Superman is using now his X-ray vision just to look for any submarine throughout the ocean. He finds it, and he carries it out of the water and like throws it onto the shore right oh. he rips uh the door open he gets in there and we see in there is the joker and harley quinn like operating on an unconscious lois uh and they're wearing gas masks and all these like gases like filling up the room out of nowhere doomsday erupts from behind the shadows and starts attacking superman roaring in his face superman in a panic just like grabs doomsday flies him straight out of the submarine out of orbit all the way into like space to fight him there right ah. so then the joker and harley they escape out of the beached submarine onto the beach um, immediately get smacked to the ground by a giant hand green one from green lantern's ring they're caught everyone's there now um green lantern wonder woman batman and flash um there's a funny part too where joker's like laughing at batman too like flash carried you here didn't he <laughs> <laughs> he knew <laughs> he knows it 
and they're all like interrogating the Joker. The Joker's like bloody gloves and he's just like smiling. He knows that even though he's caught, his mission is like kind of like accomplished, right? Succeeded. And they realize like the gas that was in the submarine is the scarecrow gas, the scare oh. toxin that he uses, right? Okay. And it was used on Superman. So therefore, Superman was seeing his biggest fear instead of what was really there. So he was seeing Doomsday and he carried Doomsday out to space, except it wasn't Doomsday, it was Lois. Oh my. Uh, there's this really sad shot as we see up in space as Clark realizes what's in front of him and Lois kind of drifts out in space. Yeah, she has died. The baby is dead also. And at this point too, Joker's second half of his plan is activated and a giant nuke explodes at the heart of Metropolis and pretty much like flattens Metropolis, killing millions. Jeez, just a big blow to Superman. Everything attacking him from left and right. Joker... He's uh, being interrogated by Batman, wondering, like, this is always between you and us. Why are you bringing in Superman into this? And Joker knows, like, you know, Batman has a line he won't cross, and that's getting kind of boring. Yeah. So to, like, push Superman over his edge, that's, like, fun for Joker. So that's why he did it. And Superman now is full-on rage. He is going after the Joker, right? And Green Lantern and Wonder Woman, they're trying to, like, slow him down, calm him down. And they know he's going to do something that he might regret. So Green Lantern does, like, his ring, and he makes, like, a ball around him to trap him in there. Superman, super strong, just smashes the ball. uh, And then he, with his super speed, grabs the ring off Green Lantern. Yeah. So that he just turns into normal uh, Hal Jordan. And then he's just, like, falling from the sky because he doesn't have any superpowers, right? Pretty, uh, Pretty crazy, just how kind of vengeful Clark is right now. He catches Hal just before he reaches the ground, but he you can tell he means business as he goes flying off straight for the Joker. He crashes into like the Gotham prison, straight into the interrogating room, like through all the walls, just straight into the interrogating room that Batman and Joker are in. And Batman's like, Clark, don't don't do something you're gonna regret. But he doesn't even slow down, he doesn't even think about it. Superman just spears his whole arm through the Joker's chest. Wow. Um even the Joker has a grin on his last moments. Joker's now dead. Uh, Harley is like handcuffed in the back of a police car being taken to prison. But, you know, she has her ways and she escapes. Um, she goes back to like the hideout that her and Joker have. But waiting for her there is Green Arrow. Okay. We can feel in the air like everything's tense right now. All these super criminals and heroes are kind of on edge. But Green Arrow gets the pounce on Harley. Um, but Harley just tosses one of the grenades she has lying around and throws it at Green Arrow. She points a gun at Green Arrow and Green arrow shoots an arrow straight into like the barrel of the pistol yeah to like clog it and this almost like impresses harley like wow that's pretty cool right do it again (laughs) and then a net bursts out of that arrow and like captures her and now he's taking her to his secret base because you know she was involved in lois's death too he's worried that superman is going to do to her what he did to joker Totally. Um, and Green Arrow takes Harley back to his hideout and he calls it the Arrow Cave. Dumb name. <laughs> Even Harley's like, that's a stupid name. Like, she's a Batman villain, so she knows about the Bat Cave. So calling it the Arrow Cave is a little, like, too, like, you just want to be, right? A bit der- derivative here, right? You know, why not call it the Quiver? Makes more sense. Yeah. And then Green Arrow goes, like, that is, that is a good idea. It's <laughs> actually a better idea. Like, you can see now the back and forth between Harley and Green Arrow. Yeah. It's almost like a cat and mouse back and forth. Like, yes, they're on opposite sides, but they kind of, like, make each other laugh. A bit light there. Misery kind of in this, like, tragic whole thing set up for the whole story. And Clark is just kind of, you know, in the whole days as he's seeing all the news go on about Metropolis. And, of course, Lois is eating at him and he's growing like a five o'clock shadow. He just can't take it anymore. And the news is talking about this, like, war going on in this, like, Middle East country. And Superman just takes it into his own hands flies out of his fortress of solitude over this country and it's pretty much like saving the people there um they all know him as superman so they're all cheering and he flies into like the their president like the dictator there and he's like walking through the palace as everyone's like shooting and clubbing him and he's just like walking right past them until he gets to like their leader grabs him flies him up rips like his clothes off and like leaves him in the middle of the streets with the civilians and he's saying like you know you're you're 
need to like be punished for like your war crimes, whatever, to your own people. Yeah, he wants to give it up to the people, but one woman shows up and says, "You can't be doing this while these cameras around. You have to talk to the United Nations." So that's what he does. He carries this dictator all the way to the UN, and um, he's saying, "I failed you all this time." He hasn't used his power. At this point, he even reveals his true identity. He says, "My name is Clark Kent. I worked at the Daily Planet." <laughs> yeah, and uh, I I've not used my powers good enough. Uh, I've let people die. I've let my wife die, and I'm not going to let any war or violence happen any longer. And he's like, "I've tried to let governments prevent war, and it only causes more. So, like, I'm just going to take it into my own hands." And if, he's pretty much like being the world's dictator, uh, like with his goal to bring world peace. Yeah, I mean, you could can, can think of that at start, right? Where it's like he's using his power forcibly getting to foreign affairs but in his head he's just like finally he's not holding back anymore and this whole press conference that president that he kidnapped is still like shirtless in front of him embarrassing him yeah (laughs) it's just yeah pretty much embarrassing him like this is what all you world leaders will be if you don't like follow the new law right which is superman's law jeez okay um but superman he's getting mixed into everything preventing um even u.s drones from attacking anywhere because he's uh calling on a ceasefire everywhere right end all war and conflict forever right and you know even the u.s government doesn't like this so they hire like a black ops team that is not part of the u.s government to take out clark where like his loved ones which is his parents in kansas so it's like these mercenaries invade the house and they grab martha and jonathan martha and they like destroy the house and it turns out the person who's like in charge of this is a uh, mirror master is that his name yeah mirror master i think he is a flash villain he, he can yeah. control mirrors like there's a dimension behind the mirrors that he can control yeah so he and the kents he takes them into like the mirror dimension so that way superman can't find them like they're because they're not in our dimension kind of right oh okay okay you can't just like swoop in and find them throughout the world so so Superman, like as the house is burning, Superman arrives, tries to save his parents, and he's looking for them. And he sees them in the mirror with Mirror Master, and Mirror Master is like talking to him through the mirror, like you know, you'll never find them. You don't know how to get here, so you need to like end your like rule over the world, and everything will be fine, right? Or if you don't end it, I'm gonna send you pieces of your parents like one by one. <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty ruthless. I, I gotta say, like I didn't know Mirror Master was this badass. I always think of like Flash villains is kind of dumb. Mirror Master has a great power. He's really cool. Um, I hope he's the villain for like the Flash movie. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, and like the U.S. government hired him yeah. to like take out Superman's parents. Like that's how strong he is. I don't know. U.S. is pretty muddy waters there, but okay. So Wonder Woman now, who's very like allied with Superman. I want to say like at this point now that Lois is out of the picture, she's kind of in love with Superman. Okay, <laughs> there is some notes there, right? I think she's finally like like wants Superman to be the like aggressive person that she always wanted, and it's it's happening. Uh, she's kind of always been waiting for this kind of take over and just stop war all around because all she wants is peace in the end of the day. So she has gathered all of the Justice League over in their um, watchtower base in space and she's like, okay, uh, all hands on deck. We need to find Mirror Master. So do whatever you have to do. Interrogate whoever you have to interrogate to find out where Mirror Master is and how to get Clark's parents back. So they all disperse and we see them one by one in each panel like attacking villains trying to get information like more so more aggressively than they normally would. They're all just like asking where is Mirror Master as they take on each of these villains. Captain Cold finally gives it up and says I'll go to the world's end. That's a bar, a villain bar in Keystone City. Captain Cold also says like you know all those people that died in the nuke in Metropolis like it's not just heroes that lost loved ones it's even the villains. That's why there's a bunch of villains like kind of like drinking their sorrows at this dive bar and they go in Wonder Woman and Flash go in we see a bunch of villains there like Cheetah's there um, the Clock King uh, uh, this is like a Batman villain that's like, oh. not very cool <laughs> 
and we see Mirror Master, but we only see like his reflection in the mirror that he's in the bar, but oh. in the actual bar, he's not there, which is weird. When they try to grab him, they can't actually touch him at all. But then from behind in the reflection comes Raven. Apparently Raven can pull Mirror Master out of any dimension, including the mirror dimension. And once he's now back in out of the mirror, uh, Wonder Woman lassos him up and gets the information that the parents have been like put inside the mirror world in uh bolivia which is like they have like this um salt flats Mm. that is technically the world's like biggest mirror okay like this big frozen salt lake right yeah and that's why trapped in there because like you would never look there because you don't think of it as a mirror but it's actually considered a mirror and it's like four square miles right probably a hard thing to find where to look in that big mirror um, and also from uh, Mirror Master Flash took his utility belt that grants you the opportunity to, to dive into the mirror. So Superman pretty much saves his family through the salt flats, goes in there, finds uh, his parents and takes them out. And Batman then confronts the president, right? Because remember, oh, yeah. this is all the president's plan to like kidnap Clark's parents. And he's pretty much saying like, I can't believe you did this. It's like the stupidest move, right? <laughs> To, like, threaten pretty much a god who now is realizing he can do whatever he wants. Meanwhile, Wonder Woman, who, she's, like, Superman's, like, second in command, right? Yeah. I feel like she's doing whatever he wants. She is now up for the role of Wonder Woman's side piece. Okay. (laughs) And she's, like, stopping all wars. Like, there could be fighter jets fighting tanks. And she's, like, crushing both sides, right? She's attacking both uh, armies to get them to stop fighting, right? Right. And now, watching her is Ares, the Uh, god of war. And he's not liking this, right? She's basically stopping both sides. And if Superman gets his way, a ceasefire all around, he'll never get his his own you know oomph that's what he he lives for war right he needs war (laughs) to have power so he's actually worried that if Wonder Woman and Superman continue this he's gonna lose his powers so he's not attacking Wonder Woman but he's like talking in her ear like you really believe Superman's doing the right thing or whatever and Wonder Woman's like you know at the end of the day it's gonna cause peace even though right now it looks like they're causing more violence and then Wonder Woman jokes around saying what would you you be the god of without war god of ponies <laughs> and yeah. Ares gets so angry and like grabs her forearms but this um, gets the attention of Superman he dives in and knocks Ares out to the ground Wonder Woman then stabs Ares in the chest and I think this kind of signifies like the superheroes don't care anymore there's no rules for them to follow anymore no government controls them so it doesn't matter if she just kills Ares right now (laughs) yeah and even Clark's a little like whoa like you just kind of killed him right And in a way, I think this is Wonder Woman showing devotion to, to Superman and encouraging him to do the same. Like, you know, he's an evil person. Let's just end him now and no other people will die from his doing. And I think this kind of gives Superman the green light to do the same. Yeah, it kind of... Um, This is where I'm like questioning their motives, like their intentions. This is not what Wonder Woman would be doing, right? It's just like all these other guys are buying into Superman's whole motto. Like, no, they wouldn't be doing this, but I'm okay with it because it's kind of off to the side of video games thing I, I yeah i think the way they're writing these characters is like wonder woman is a warrior a warrior for peace but a warrior nonetheless right mm-hmm. yeah. she was she was raised to be uh, a fighter and then for superman's case he's done so much in the past that all these other heroes feel like they owe him and they'll just kind of like follow him blindly i get that the boy scott they have to follow but okay okay we're now in the bat cave when we catch up with nightwing and robin this robin is damian wayne this is the actual son of batman right right Right, right, right. And they're just practicing in the Batcave, sparring. And then out of nowhere, Superman gets in the middle of there and just like stops his friendly fight. And he's pretty much saying like, oh, I'm here to talk to Bruce. And he's trying to get Batman on his side, right? And kind of like he's gotten Wonder Woman's allegiance, but I feel like he still needs Batman's allegiance because in a way, I think like Superman looks up to Batman, even though they're like equals. Yeah, kind of because he always admires his willpower, right? From just a regular person. Um, and he's just questioning, like, Bruce is kind of his best friend, but he wasn't there mm. this whole time. Yeah. Um, but Bruce doesn't like what Superman is doing. You're scaring them into submission. Yeah. And Superman's like, good. They should be scared of me. Their fear is causing peace. Like, I don't care if they're all scared of me as long as no nobody's dying, right? And I learned that from you, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and it's just ca- causing a, a wedge between Superman and Batman, really drawing the line there. Uh, another character that we haven't heard from much is Aquaman. Right. And we see him because he's dealing with a bunch of these whale poachers, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he even, like, goes up to the whale after they've been, like, taken onto the ship. Like, giant whales, right? Like, humpback whales that people are, like, poaching and killing. And he, like, goes up to them like, oh, I feel your pain kind of thing, right? <laughs> As he just looks angrily at these poachers. Uh, and he just tears one of the gigantic chains pulling these whales. It's pretty much like dragging the ship underwater now. And this alerts the Justice League. Uh, Cyborg is telling Green Lantern, Shazam, and Wonder Woman that Aquaman is like pretty much threatening some humans, right? So they go to protect the people, and Aquaman kind of like summons an army of Atlanteans to attack them. Uh, Aquaman pulls up his whole army out of the water, even these gigantic crustaceous monsters that they kind of ride. And he is trying to take out these other whale poachers. But this is, of course, um, counter to Superman's ceasefire, right? Yeah, so they're fighting. Aquaman has dragged Wonder Woman like, underwater now to fight her there. And Shazam you know, saves her. And what Aquaman does now is like he's not holding back. He summons even more of his army to show up. And this only gets the attention of, of uh, Superman. Because Aquaman calls on something that people thought was a myth. Yeah. And it finally shows up in reality and it is the Kraken <laughs> you summon the Kraken <laughs> and uh, the gigantic tentacles come up trying to take down these whaling ships and all the like heroes are kind of fighting them and Superman shows up to save the day and he goes straight for Aquaman and Aquaman he has him like in a chokehold like Superman has his hand around Aquaman's throat and his eyes are like glowing red but Aquaman's like no fear it's like I don't I don't care who you are right yeah, he's king of the seven seas, right? More than yeah. most of the earth. He's saying like, you now want to be like the ruler of all the land, right? But like your world that you're ruling is surrounded by my world that I rule, which is the whole, all the water, which is like a sick line that he said. <laughs> <laughs> you land lover. <laughs> he's saying like, yeah. Um, you don't even know this year, man, that you're going into power, that you're taking control of all of the land. But me as a king, I see it. And I see it as an affront to my rule. Right. So what Aquaman does, like telepathically, he sent armies to kind of like invade the borders, the shores of like all the coast throughout the world. Yeah. So like San Francisco, Brazil, Dubai, Atlantean armies are kind of like building like a front Along the shores. Just as a threat, just a little poke at Superman. And Supes does not like this. He orders his team, Green Lantern, Shazam, Wonder Woman, and they all actually, they attack the fallen city of Atlantis and they raise it up above the ocean and they bring it all <laughs> the way to the Sahara Desert. So, like, the deepest city in the world that is underwater, they've, like, ripped it out of the ground underwater and then brought it to, like, the driest place on the <laughs> land. <laughs> Perpetual sun pretty much and the people there inside there are dying right and and eventually aquaman has to relent and he talks to he can't even talk to superman he has to talk to wonder woman (laughs) to say sorry (laughs) and he's doing it for his people right he cares about his atlantean people so he's saving them um and he's pretty much telling wonder woman like you know superman has gone over the line and you don't know what you're doing what, what you're encouraging him to do and he says like i'm i'm gonna stay out of this now i'm gonna make sure all of us are just in the water but like i think you guys are gonna do something that you're gonna regret yes much. yes but wonder woman doesn't want to hear it she doesn't care she's really digging superman now <laughs> yeah. uh but you know this rule over all of the the countries in the ceasefire it's getting to people there's actually a protest in australia where there's like a um, a big superhero Superman sign that's on fire that's just like you know no more heroes they're not loving this rule over them right because Superman Wonder Woman they mainly are heroes of you know the northern hemisphere yeah our, our toilets flush different around here yeah so Australia's like you know you barely help us you can't be our rulers too right and this angers one Australian superhero uh-huh. right and he says like you can't come down under here and uh, threaten us and try to rule us. So I don't know this character. This Australian character, never heard of him. But he uses his powers, which looks like almost like sun radiation powers, to try to attack Superman. If you guys have ever watched Spy Kids 2, he... <laughs> There's a, there's a character in that movie that has the same costume. It's kind of ridiculous. 
So Spy Kids 2 character guy yeah. um, is attacking Superman, but he doesn't know what he's getting into. Superman and Wonder Woman like easily best him. They drag him to the ground and they pretty much paralyze him. They crush him, right? Eesh. And who sees this and watches this is the Flash. And this is the moment that Flash kind of realizes like, oh, we've crossed the line. And like, this guy's not even a villain and we killed him. He was just a regular guy that wanted to be superhero, but um, that's too far. Too much of a beating there. Next up, we are at... At a news studio, uh, TV news, and the news anchors are being held up by Two Face. Two Face doesn't like what's going on, right? He thinks there's no balance, there's no uh. justice, right? <laughs> so he says uh, he's going to do his Two Face thing. He's going to flip a coin. Depending on what it lands, he's going to kill one of the anchors. That way, there's balance. He flips the coin. As the coin's spinning in the air, Superman shows up somehow. His laser eyes melt the coin in the air. So when it lands, it's just like hot metal and it burns Two-Face's hand. Uh, doubly burned on that hand. And Superman kind of just squashes Two-Face, right? He's a regular old dude. He tosses him to the cops and it's mission accomplished. But this leads into one of the news anchors asking Superman for an interview. So during his interview, he's saying like, you know, your heroes here, meaning Batman and Robin and all them um have been too lenient and too merciful and you know you guys keep putting your criminals in arkham and and they just keep getting out and causing more you know crimes and evil so i need to like just take over and remove these villains out of here so they can never hurt uh, civilians again and now batman knows that uh superman is going to attack arkham so batman tells robin and nightwing to like jump in the batmobile let's go right the thing is robin's like kind of a superman side like just let him take out the villains who cares um, yeah, this is Damian Wayne. This is his style too. Like he's like, you know what? I don't care. They're bad guys. I'm with Superman's team. Like I'm not going with you. And this like really pisses off Batman. <laughs> <laughs> So he leaves them. So now it's just Nightwing and Batman going to Arkham. As they're there, they're actually there to defend the prisoners because Superman, Cyborg, Wonder Woman, they're there to just kind of bring all of these villains out of there and put them in a real stronghold prison. Just get them out of there instead of this, I don't know, uh, mental asylum. So now it's like Batman and Nightwing versus the rest of the Justice League. And Cyborg's there and he's saying, he's like using his powers to open up the chambers one at a time. And it's like as soon as one opens the the inmate inside almost like disappears what and it's because flash is like running in and out to grab them and then take them to the new prison that batman doesn't know where right doesn't know where that is yeah so batman has no choice he uses a device in his belt to take out cyborg cyborg is like electrocuted and like a virus attacks him oh okay too many downloads on some sketchy sites because cyborg just comes <laughs> crumbling down um, but Nightwing turns it off when he gets too serious. And Cyborg uh, kind of like comes to, and then he, because he's like, you know, techno guy, he looks at the date of when that virus was like installed on him. Yeah. And it's like a week after they met, like him and Batman met. <laughs> what a what a jerk move, right? Batman, he's just like, <laughs> he's like you installed this virus years ago. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> And they're about to fight again, and out of nowhere, an arrow comes to, like, squash the fight, and it's a green arrow. And he's actually there to deliver Harley Quinn. Oh, okay. But Harley Quinn, she escapes um, in the midst of everything, and she goes to the back computer and unlocks one of the big villains in the basement. Crumbling outside of the basement is Solomon Grundy, and he just goes in, like, a berserker mode, attacking all the superheroes. Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday... <laughs> Uh, is there he's he's his hand is so big that he has grabbed Robin's like head like his whole head in the palm of Solomon Grundy and he's like suffocating him and they're all like trying to attack Grundy to release Robin and Nightwing tells Superman like yo Grundy is pretty much dead already and there's no reason to hold back right? yeah he could just regenerate so he uses his laser beams to cut Grundy's hand off of his arm and that frees Robin and then he then continues to just pretty much fly through Solomon Grundy's torso. <laughs> Dope. The inmates are now all free. So it's like chaos in Arkham. The heroes, though they're on like 
separate sides of this debate. They're all trying to work together to like at least uh, confine the the inmates before they escape, right? Um, Robin and Nightwing, they're constantly like jabbing each other verbally, like saying like, you know, you're on the wrong side, you're on the wrong side, you're too lenient, you're too strict or whatever. And Damien can't take it anymore and shows like how immature he is and how of a child he is. Yeah. He actually starts attacking Nightwing and he throws his like baton at Nightwing. Straight for his head as Nightwing kind of knocks out mid-stand and falls to the ground as his neck lands on a rock, thus killing Nightwing. This is like one of the stupidest things in the book. Yeah. <laughs> Too coincidental. <laughs> but just like they kill off Nightwing from like falling and landing crookedly. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen a million dollar baby? It's like that. Yeah. That happens like that, right? Yeah. But anyway, Nightwing, a very important character, has died by the hands of Damian Wayne, uh, Batman's son. And, like, seeing him die, it causes everyone to just stop what they're doing. Even the inmates. Everyone was like, whoa, that hero just killed the other hero. (laughs) (laughs) And Batman now is, like, in complete shock. He's, like, on his knees. Damien's, like, crying and trying to ask for forgiveness to his dad. And Batman just, like, shoves him away. Like, I don't care right now. Don't talk to me right now. Like, go to your room. Go to your room. And the only one to console Damien is Superman. Um, so yeah, they kind of just ceases fire that whole fight in the prison as, um, cause no one wants to mess with Bruce right now. Yeah. He's carrying Nightwing out. Um, everyone's in shock. Like Flash can't even look up at him. Uh, Harley Quinn is in tears, right? And Batman is like fully mourning the death of pretty much his first son. Cool. When Catwoman hears about this days later, yeah, she goes to Bruce to try to console him. Right. Um, and she runs into Alfred. Alfred is like drinking his sorrows away. Yeah, you know, he was a caretaker of Nightwing 2. And Batman is just in the basement and he's just like punching like this wooden log they use for training. But he's just punching it so much that his like knuckles are all bleedy. His like his bat gloves have like torn off where the knuckles are. He's just going berserk. As uh, Selena tries to console Bruce and he kind of let go, he takes the mask off and um, she's kind of there for him in this moment. Even though they, she's a villain at times, she uh, he needs her right now. Her and Bruce then like go out into the city and they see like the bat signals on okay so they approach it thinking it's gordon but it's not gordon it is the president of the united states And he wants to talk to Batman because now the president realizes the only one that can stop Superman is Batman. And like Superman and his team, his allegiance has gone too far and they're like interfering with like international conflicts and all this stuff, right? And you know, this, whether you like it or not, like the president of the United States has like no power now. He wants his power back. That means like taking out Superman. So he has to like deal with Batman. And what he's done is he's gathered intel on superheroes that have yet to align with Superman to try to get them to align with Batman. Right. Trying to get someone on his side because it looks like everyone's on Superman's side. Um, and he hands like a dossier of all of these individuals, but Batman has got info on all of these people already. Um, and so Bruce and Selina, they kind of go recruiting in these different cities. One of them is Black Canary. Um, also in Washington is Black Lightning. And they're kind of just talking through these individuals asking if they can join their team. So at the end, we finally form Batman's team of uh, heroes that side with him. And it is, like you said, Black Canary, Black Lightning, Green Arrow, Huntress, Batwoman, Aquaman's on there too. And um, uh, Captain Adam is like the final member. So now that Batman has his own team, it ends that way, the first volume, uh, much like getting ready to go to war with Superman. Yeah, that was a pretty good read. You know, surprised that a video game property could be this good good of a story for comics i think it might be even better than like the current dceu <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's it's pretty long it's almost like 200 pages for the first volume and you know i liked it so much i continued reading to the next volume so like i want to know more about what happens here i think it's more interesting than the game itself the game itself is like you know it's fun for what it is but like the build-up to it is and how these heroes are deciding who to align with, Superman or Batman. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, how much story can you tell in, in between these little fights, right? So right. you have to give it that. But considering it was a pretty good story when you the story in fighting games is usually awful. <laughs> <laughs> they also reveal at the end that Batman might have like a mole in Superman's Oh, yeah, team, that's right. But they don't reveal who it is in the, the volume. You just see him talking to this person in the shadows. And I haven't read the next 
next volume all the way through yet, but I, I have a feeling it's Flash. Yeah. Sounds like it since we saw him like uh, remorseful at moments. Yeah. So that's the first volume of Injustice. Uh, I have a feeling Snyder is going to take some points out of this and use it in his cut. Yeah, I'm curious about that because um, maybe Superman gets even more angry when he comes back to life, you know, like to this yeah. point. <laughs> I think we're going to see Dictator Superman because we saw that in, in BVS. So. Okay. Question is, is he going to have the mullet? We don't know. We'll, we'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that was a good story. If you haven't checked out Injustice or the video game, check out the comic book. Um, with that being said, let's get into side stories. So I've been pretty busy this week, but I've been able to fit in some gaming. Um, you and I have both picked up the newest COD, the newest Call of Duty game, Cold War. It's been pretty fun. You know, what are you going to say? Yeah. It's just a new Call of Duty, but it's been really fun. I, I've been enjoying it. You know, Yeah, this came out, I think, like last year already, but still um, picking it up now, it's I, I don't know. I'm having hell of fun. Call of Duty. What's not to like? Yeah, just shooting up other dudes. It feels like more arcadey than the last. And what was the last one? It was um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they introduced Warzone with that, like the big battle royale. But honestly, I just like the multiplayer of regular Call of Duty. I think I like this um, team deathmatch better than the other one. It just, the responsiveness, the feel of it feels a little bit less serious. And I like that because I can get more kills in. And I'm not, I'm not the best Call of Duty guy so it's taking yeah, I'm me having, s- i'm having a lot of fun with it um trying to unlock all like the pieces of the gun to upgrade your weapons but i still have a long way to go but i don't know I, I feel like the reviews for this one is not as good as the last one but i think i'm gonna have more fun with it i think so too it's just uh i'm not the most competitive at these call of duty games you saw at some point during our lifetime you just jumped in skill i have to admit it you just played way more hours of it than i have i it's called getting fired from your job and playing Call of Duty for two years straight. Okay, okay. You had like each game, you have like double my kill streak, and I hate that. It's pretty annoying. Well, get good, bro. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm putting in the hours outside of it, but I, I need to get good. I don't know. I need to like practice, figure out what the kill streaks are, because each it seems like each game you have to study up and watch all these YouTube videos to figure out what's the right setup, what's the meta for this Call of Duty, right? Sure, yeah. But uh, I feel like I'm, I'm liking this too because it has some of the old maps, right? That's yeah. I've only played a few games, and I feel like that one with the uh, those like trains that go in and out feels like a, spa- a train station. Sure. That's an old map where I'm feel like oh, okay, this feels so familiar. I'm loving this. I think it was in Black Ops Two was the last time we had that map and it feels so. feels organic when i'm in it it doesn't feel like i don't feel like old dude playing the game because i don't remember these <laughs> maps and i'm enjoying that but also on there i haven't tried it yet but i'm really looking forward to it is the zombies games and i'm looking forward to that because i know like the season right now it's called outbreak which is like the zombie um nazi zombies type of whole theme for the event i'm looking forward to that i think i'm gonna do pretty good and I, I, love, I love playing those even though it's endless same thing over over and over. Uh, I love me some uh, Call of Duty Zombies. I never got into Zombies. That was always your thing. And I always just let you do that. And I was playing multiplayer. But now that we're starting over again and we're starting at the same time, maybe I'll try Zombies. I, I love to hearing that because it's been like a decade of me trying to convince to even play it. Like you don't even want to join in. It's kind of fun. Hello. I watch you play it. I'm so like, what is going on? You're. Uh, there's a teddy bear you're uh, yeah. getting on trying to catch the, the bus um there's always like guys crawling and then you go up to like a chalk outline of a weapon and then you get by the weapon i'm not sure i don't even know how it works really there's this weird story behind it right that's kind of built in through the games as you kind of progress and um you're just fighting off hordes of zombies it's a video game you know it's if, also <laughs> it's a video game. it's a video game <laughs> I was also I didn't know that um, originally the zombies game was just an add-on in the first game like it was just kind of a throwaway mm-hmm. thought and it grew into this big thing where it's like a half of the game. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Call of Duty's uh, Cold War is what I've been playing recently of this week. Kind of been busy, but fitting in some some uh, soldier time to get in there and uh, play around. Cool. Yeah, I, I maybe I'll try zombies with you. Okay, I'm looking forward to that because it's been like forever, and you just <laughs> no, no, no. That's for kids. No. <laughs> 
So I um, don't have like a, a movie or game or anything to talk about. I want to talk about what I have been drinking this whole time we've been recording. Okay. And I've been sipping on this smoothie that I ordered from another like pre-packaged meal prep mailing delivery service. What? And this one's called Daily Harvest. And it's mainly like breakfast and lunch items, which I kind of like now. This is the third one I've tried. I've tried Blue Apron. I like Blue Apron. I think Blue Apron had the best tasting food. Yeah. But also required the most prep and cook time so that was good yeah it feels like you have to be a a five-star chef to actually make something Uh, i mean it's hard to mess it up because all the greens are made for you and prepared for you but i will say it is a lot of waste everything is in its own little package true this is not the best for like you know recycling environment okay i've also tried freshly which you don't have to cook it's already pre-cooked and they're essentially high-end tv dinners you just microwave it and and you eat it pretty much so that is the best as far as convenience but i will say you know because it's pre-cooked and you're just re-microwaving it obviously it's not as good of a flavor still very good definitely better than tv dinners but like after a while you get tired of it i get real tired of it and i just think the quality i could do better even if it's a little bit more cooking i could do better maybe something even something else microwavable will taste better than this and it's just kind of a lot of the same also like it left me satisfied but still hungry they weren't that so not satisfied Um, the one I'm trying now is called Daily Harvest and they focus on breakfast and lunch and the items you choose are like smoothies, oatmeal bowls, flatbreads. Um, there's some other stuff too, but those are like the main three that I was focused on. And it's not like a preset price for the items like how the other ones were. Okay. This one is like smoothies cost seven to nine dollars. The flatbread costs like ten dollars. All right. The bowls cost like eight dollars and you just have a plan where it's like you pick nine items or 20 items or or 15 items or something like that right so there's different plans of how many items you get to pick and then you just pick those items and depending on what you pick is what you pay gotcha okay it's kind of like how you're shopping regular groceries right but it's all online it's all online and they're mainly um blender based items oh really because i i got smoothies it's just frozen chunks of of stuff in there and then you're supposed to mix it with a cup of whatever liquid you want either if it's just water if it's milk almond milk oat milk whatever you fill it to the cup that it's in throw it all in a blender blend it up and you got a smoothie does it taste good that's a question so i've only tried one literally one and i haven't even finished it yet. i'm literally drinking it through the show and the one i tried to start first with is called cold brew almond and right. it, it's like frozen pieces of coffee <laughs> that's very strong and like almonds in it and like i think like some dark chocolate and then um the thing i use to for the liquid is almond milk so it's like double almond oh, okay. and um i will say like it doesn't taste like a sweet coffee it's definitely more of like a, a richer coffee taste in a smoothie and uh it was bitter at first but honestly i grew to like it okay maybe it took a second to settle right for you for you get that taste mixed in there uh, yeah. yeah okay so this is like an easy meal replacement smoothie um i know it's mainly for breakfast but i'm having it for dinner <laughs> it is what it is um i haven't tried any of the oatmeal bowls yet or the flatbread but those look good too and it's mainly veggie based i think like the flatbread i got was like mushroom or something like that so it's not like a pizza necessarily oh, you know what I mean? right. it's not a frozen pizza so that's the only one i think you just like put in the toaster oven but everything else is like throw it in a blender put it spill it out or microwave the oatmeal and you're good to go from what it sounds like it seems like it's got the right mix of convenience but also not too pre-made and artificial um so i i could see myself getting into that but huh, huh. i've seen ads for this before and people liking it and say, thinking it's convenient but i like that yeah i i think it's um something i'm going to stick with for a while i got another smoothie that is mainly fruit based so it's like i think it, what's cool is uh in the the website when you're picking your items it says what's in it and then at the end it says like what it kind of tastes like oh like a little blurb so, yeah like the one i picked it was like it has i forget what it said but it like has these fruits in it blah, 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 blah. And at the end, it's like, it tastes like an acai bowl. I was like, oh, I like that. So I'll order that. That's what they have never had in my life is an acai bowl. I've only that's what, recently. That's you're so unhealthy. I've only recently learned how to pronounce it. How did you pronounce it prior? Of course, I pronounced it acai bowl because that's how you read it. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. You don't know acai. You don't know NFTs. What kind of millennial are you? <laughs> 
an old but soul. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep trying out Daily Harvest. Um, it's it's fairly priced, I think. Like, there's a little bit of a markup, of course, the delivery fee and all that. But if you're into smoothies and oatmeal, which I'm kind of getting into more and more lately, uh, check it out. Okay, not not a sponsor, not a sponsor yet. I love how it sounds like it's uh, more on the healthy side of things. Okay, yeah. So I'm enjoying my cold brew almond smoothie. Um, also, I want to tell you how I made the almond milk. What do you mean you made the almond milk? So another product that they sell is something called milk, which is M-Y-L-K. And it's essentially these frozen triangles of condensed almond milk, I think. All right. And they say, like, take two of these cubes, throw it in with a cup of water, blend it, and then it's almond milk. Okay. All right. So what's the almond made out of? Like, <laughs> it's like all these different steps. Like, is anything really what it's called? <laughs> it's just more convenient because it takes up no space at all in your fridge. Oh, I it's see. like a little, little cubes that just when you need it, it's frozen. And then when you need it, you just blend up with some water and you got a cup of milk. And it's also sold by Daily Harvest, and it counts as like one of the items that I purchased. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I'm just waiting for the day when we can get these little green packets. We toss it into our boiling water, and we get some fresh bread like we do in Star Wars Force Awakens. I'm waiting for that day. Please. It looks tasty. All you have to do is scavenge some parts from a fallen L carrier, and then you get three-quarter portions. Right. Talk to Upcar Plunk, right? He's, he's, he's run the scrapyard. <laughs> Um, I'm going to continue with Daily Harvest and I'll let you know maybe next week what I, I think after I've tried more of their stuff. But so far, uh, so far, so good. Okay. Okay. Let me know if you feel healthy after this. It sounds like it's really good for the health of the vibe. Love that. Yeah. Well, if you want to find out next week, you definitely have to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, or you can even stream us on Spotify. For sure. Find us on all the social medias. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at the reader and copy podcast thanks for tuning in guys guys we'll see you next week i think we're doing a review of the snyder cut Mm -hmm. uh, in lieu of a comic book but yeah that's for our movie we'll try to condense it down to a i don't know 30 minute review uh i'm eager to watch it yeah uh i think there's some initial reactions already and things are looking up so i'm actually happy to hear that because that's four hours out of my life (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if uh they're gonna use anything from injustice in the snyder cut so we'll see yeah, we'll see. All right, talk about it next week. Daniel, until then, could you please hit him with the outro? If you like what we had to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. Bye, guys. Later days.